Hello, and thank you for joining us again. This is Robert Fleming, your host and a partner in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. I'm sitting here talking with my law partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Elizabeth, uh, I thought maybe today we could talk about avoiding probate. Oh, Robert, that's one of the most popular questions that we get from clients. How do I avoid probate? Uh, it is indeed. And um, I have to say, for 40 years, I've been hearing that question and, and, um, and, and saying, hang on, let's have a little more detailed discussion about your actual circumstance. One thing that I think is terribly important for married couples to recognize is there's probably not going to be a probate on the first death of a married couple anyway, because probably almost everything is held in joint names. So we're really talking about avoiding probate on the second death in the case of a married couple. But there are lots of ways to go about avoiding probate. What do you tell clients, Elizabeth, who are very anxious to avoid probate? Well, Robert, I usually have a conversation with them first about the kinds of assets that they have. And so to go back two steps, when we talk about a married couple, maybe not being the most likely candidates for a probate on the first spouse's death, that's presuming that their assets are titled to them jointly. And when we talk to married couples, sometimes they have assets like retirement accounts, for instance, that they may need to name a beneficiary on. So I think it's important to recognize that when we talk about married couples and folks who have joint assets and we say that reduces your chances of probate, we're making an assumption that they're titled jointly in a certain kind of way as joint tenants possibly with rights of survivorship or as community property with rights of survivorship as we see many people title their residents. So I think the big question when we talk about assets is, is this an asset that might be something that we can use a beneficiary designation and try and help avoid having that asset come into your estate? Robert, do you want to talk a little bit about what we mean about coming into your estate, what it means when you have an asset in your estate without a beneficiary designation? Boy, there's so much confusion about when probate is required at all, and that really taps into that. So here's the way I usually explain it to people. Probate is not necessary just because somebody died. Having done a will does not avoid probate. These things are really unrelated to one another. We're going to have to probate your estate if at the time of your death, you had assets that were in your name alone, that didn't have a joint owner, at least a joint tenancy owner, that didn't have a beneficiary designation, didn't have any payable on death kind of arrangement. In Arizona, there's a special rule that says if all of that, all of the stuff that belongs to you that doesn't have a beneficiary designation on it is a relatively small amount, $75,000, then we can avoid the probate process by a simple procedure that just means filling out an affidavit, attaching a death certificate, and giving it to the person who holds the asset. But um, otherwise, if you have assets in your name alone and you haven't done anything else, then yes, that is when a probate is going to be necessary. Signing a will doesn't change that. Signing a trust doesn't change that unless you retitle the assets into the trust's name. Hold on, Robert. I'm so confused. I spent all this time trying to understand my revocable trust, and now you're telling me that if I have a trust, I can't avoid probate? Not unless you have retitled all or at least most of your assets into the trust's name. So pretty commonly when someone establishes a, a revocable living trust, 
they'll transfer the, the title of their house into the trust name. The retirement property in Maine that they inherited from their mother, however it, it came into their estate, they'll transfer that into the trust name as well. And by the way, that's going to require an additional process because we here in Arizona can't practice law in Maine. So we're gonna to need to involve a Maine lawyer for that transfer, but I, but I digress. Uh, we're gonna also need to put your bank account and your brokerage account and almost everything into the trust's name in order to avoid probate. Robert, what if I have most of my things titled to my trust already and I know I have beneficiary designations that name people or may name my trust, but I actually forget to put my house in Maine or New Zealand or wherever it is mm -hmm. into my trust, do I have to have a probate then? You, you might have to, depending on the law of the state or the jurisdiction where the property is. We're really only talking about real property when we talk about uh, the difference from state to state or country to country. Uh, personal property lives where you live. So um, your, your bank account and your brokerage account will probably be governed by your state's law rather than the law of the state where they sit. But it might be that we have to do a probate proceeding even though you've done a trust, even though you've transferred 90% of your assets into the trust's name, if there are one or two assets hanging out there. And especially if they are either real property in another state, especially, or if they total more than $75,000. Well, Robert, I have some really expensive, nice pieces of art and jewelry. So am I going to need to open a probate when when I die? Is somebody going to need to do that for me because I have valuable personal property? It could happen, though it's not too likely. Uh, and one of the things that we do when we prepare a trust usually is we have the person who's signing the trust also sign a document that says all of their personal property, all of their artwork, their jewelry, their antiques, all of that also belongs to the trust so that we uh, we at least sidestep that question in most cases. But the practical reality is, though you think that the sideboard that you inherited from your grandfather was worth $70,000, eh, probably actually isn't. And we're probably not going to need to probate your estate just because of your artwork and antique furniture, unless you have a fantastic collection that the, the value is very clear. And we're going to need to establish a clear provenance for the for the auction house. What about Robert? If I just have a will and I use a personal property list with my will, does that avoid probate of that personal property? So that, that, this is so confusing to people. A will does not avoid probate. And the way I try to explain it to people is your will not only doesn't avoid probate, all it is is instructions to the probate judge. So in order to affect your will, the only way in most cases we're going to affect the things in your will is to go through the probate process. So if you have a trust that owns almost all of your assets and the one thing that is not titled to the trust is a brokerage account that you've named a beneficiary on and your will says, I don't care about any of that. Instead, I want everything to go to my favorite charity. Your will is irrelevant. It will not control where everything goes. Now, be careful about overgeneralizing because facts matter. And what I just sketched out are very simplistic facts that never quite resemble the, the real world. But, uh, but your will in a very carefully planned estate using beneficiary designations and maybe a living trust, your will is actually the least important document that we prepare for you. And Robert, I, I just want to tell everybody listening to our podcast today that 
when we ask questions about your assets, yeah, we want to know about your assets and the value of them, sometimes for tax purposes, but some of the other reasons are because we're trying to help you avoid probate. So when we ask you for information about where your accounts are and what the value of the accounts are, that's not because we're being nosy. We're really trying to get to the bottom of how we can find a way around the probate issues so that we can simplify your estate when you die. And if people can think about this and engage in the process up front and be organized about the inventory of assets that they have when they do their estate plan, the likelihood is that we can really help you devise a way to avoid probate and do it in a matter that's pretty cost sensitive. What I find is the most frustrating element of helping clients avoid probate is when they're not forthcoming about their assets. And we go through all of the work of doing an estate plan, whether or not they use a will or a trust, and then all of a sudden they've died and we find out that they had a couple different brokerage accounts and a piece of real estate or an interest in an LLC that we never knew about. So I guess my number one tip for those folks who are listening today and want to avoid probate is make an inventory of your assets now. Share that with your estate planning attorney. Wherever you are, that's a good first step, and you may not need to update your estate planning documents. In fact, if you can put together an inventory and sit down with your estate planner, that estate planning attorney might just tell you, go to the bank and do a pay-on-death designation. You actually don't have to update your documents to control the effect of the disposition of an asset. And let me just piggyback on that and say the other thing that we really, we, we do get nosy. I, I disagree with you, Elizabeth, we're nosy. <laughs> uh, but we get nosy about beneficiary designations, and here's why. Because again and again and again and again, clients come to us and say, oh, don't worry about the life insurance. I've named my three children as the beneficiary. And if we insist, if we say, we want to see the beneficiary designation, time and time and time again, it turns out that only two of the kids are named, or the ex-wife is named, or somebody else is named as the beneficiary, or there is no beneficiary, and the asset is going to flow through the estate and have, and require a probate. So uh, yeah, we are nosy about beneficiary designations and about actual titles because so often people are absolutely certain of what they have, and they're wrong. Well, Robert, I'm not always right, and neither are you, but we do want to come together and try and help people figure it out. And I think we should do another episode sometime to talk a little bit about the probate process because it's actually not as painful a process as we've just painted, but it can be avoided. So So avoiding probate, it's an important issue for a lot of our clients. We're here to help. We are not in any way vested in, in having you go through the probate process, but we are vested and in, invested in having you understand what's going on and how you have acted to avoid the probate process and making sure that your wishes are carried out. That's our message today for Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming. I've been talking to Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and, uh, and we kind of hope you'll join us next time for our next episode of Elder Law Issues. Thanks.